her house, but not in her own bed. It was a hospital bed, metallic, mechanical, which had been brought in to replace the beautiful mahogany four-poster with the pineapple corner posts. But at least she had died among her own things. Her silver-backed hairbrushes, her scent bottles on a lace cloth on top of the Sheraton chest, below the oval mirror. The mirror in which her mother had seen herself a young bride, a young mother then aging, and finally old, near death. It would have been sensible to sell the house when her mother died, but Jocelyn had not, because she hadn't wanted to. Simply, she hadn't wanted to give it up. She didn't want to give up what she thought of as her trees, chestnut, oak, hickory, sugar maple. She didn't want them to belong to someone else. So she had made up a kind of story, first to herself, and then she began saying it aloud. We're keeping the house in New Canaan as a weekend house, a getaway from the city. Nantucket is just too far. Her husband's family had bought a house on Nantucket in the thirties. Richard had inherited it. It's that damn fairy, she would say, as if she needed to justify herself, though no one had accused her. You wouldn't think of going there for a weekend, even a long weekend, even a very, very long weekend, she would say, cocking her head as if to make a joke of her own position, which she knew to be extreme. This way we can just nip up here any time for a little R&R. Just a nip, she said, using, she knew, the alcoholic's diction of evasion. Just a nip. Her next-door neighbor, seeing her at the house, had brought a small bunch of sweet peas. She'd been moved by her neighbor's kindness. Janet Wilkinson, who had lived next door for more than twenty years and kept an eye out always for Jocelyn's mother. What was her work? Jocelyn tried to remember. Telecommunications. That was the kind of word that stopped the mind making pictures, or at least her mind. The sweet peas were a dark purple that seemed almost navy blue, almost not a proper color for a flower. Such a saturated darkness. And weren't flowers supposed to invoke brightness, not the dark? But they were lovely in their saturated darkness, and the graceful folding of their petals, leaning inwards, almost touching, tender on their light green fragile stems. Janet Wilkinson had brought her purple sweet peas in a plain glass bottle, which might very well have once held medicine, but the shape was pleasing. What did Janet Wilkinson make of Jocelyn's uneven habitation of the house? It almost shamed her, with its hint of wastefulness, of laxity. The house was large, a large house in New Canaan, Connecticut. Worth a fortune is the phrase she knew would come first to people's minds. I love the scent of sweet peas, Janet Wilkinson had said, putting her face, which was almost a perfect oval, tan now, she'd had two weeks in Martha's Vineyard, close to the elegant flowers. Jocelyn had been surprised. She hadn't thought of sweet peas as having a scent, and the scent was in itself surprising, neither sweet nor sharp subtle but direct, a kind of simple presence with a plain insistence on itself. People didn't credit the sense of smell nearly enough. Jocelyn believed that firmly. 
For 35 years, she'd worked in a lab that was involved in the study of mosquitoes, and the life, the fate, the impact on the world of mosquitoes was inextricably connected with their extraordinarily well-developed sense of smell. Standing on the back porch, Jocelyn could see Janet Wilkinson walking around in the half-light of her kitchen. Had Janet Wilkinson ever married? She had come to Phillips Road as a woman in late middle age. She could have married and divorced. Somehow it was something that neither Jocelyn nor her mother had felt free to ask, and Janet had never spoken of it. Was Janet Wilkinson a lesbian? Or not very sexual? Or just unlucky in love? Not being very sexual was, Jocelyn had come to believe, a much more common, much more deeply kept secret in these post-Freudian, post-sexual liberation days. She had come to believe...